0: Again, the Air It Out podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes, Hashes InsideTheHashes.com. Find us on all that social media goodness right now. Fellas, we had football yesterday. Big shout out, Avery Collins, Christopher Thomas, Tyler Brando, uh, making all the noise over there on the board. Thank you for doing what you do. So uh, football kicked off yesterday. We had the Hall of Fame game, Ravens and Bears. And it's funny because I feel like uh, you're so excited for football and it's great. Like you're right, like just to see the teams in their uniforms in the kickoff people line up and hit each other, but it does not take very long, especially into the Hall of Fame game, for you to be like, <laughs> All right, cool. They're just gonna let the clock run now, or like as soon as they were like in Flacco's, not in shoulder pads, and Trubisky, they actually said Trubisky was in street clothes, and then they cut to him. And now Michaels was like, Oh, my bad. No, he's dressed up, he's ready to go if he needs to. <laughs> but uh, we are less than five weeks away now from. Opening kickoff between the Eagles and Falcons on the Thursday night at the link in Philadelphia. And I know we're all thinking the exact same thing. Nothing says opening night football kickoff like Shawn Mendes live at Festival Pier brought to you by NBC. So, <laughs> fellas, I want to get your reaction on that right away. Shawn Mendes, ain't nothing holding him back. Kicking off the NFL season. Avery, I'll start with you. Does that get you hyped? <laughs> is, is this not the most NFL move ever like obviously they've question. always been trying to cut like the halftime show because they're like they don't want anybody to pull a janet jackson or anything like that anymore but like is this not like could they have not have come up with a more <laughs> bland vanilla dare i say person to just come out
1: and just like shaw mendez like come I on i mean listen i'm just listen just give me good football and I'll, I'll give it a pass okay just give me good football as long as it's good football after <laughs> then I'll be alright Alright so But we were
0: just talking about A couple albums dropping today So I'll, I'll ask you uh, Unbiased opinion If anybody could You know It's not gonna be halftime They'll probably show him Playing a song before the game Who? Who should be doing this? Hmm Like for real Like you're trying to get Hype up for a football game I'll give you the easy answer Because it's obviously in Philly The whole Meek thing Dreams and Nightmares Ideally if they cut to him Doing Dreams and Nightmares If they cut to Meek Mill Doing Dreams and Nightmares In his neighborhood The Eagles would win that game 150 to nothing
1: I agree and yeah. I'm a Falcons fan. <laughs> yeah. like if Meek Mill comes yeah. out and performs <laughs> at any point, it's a wrap. It's it's a wrap. It's literally it's going a wrap. Literally yeah. seventy-five to three, and there's nothing. Especially like if Meek Mill. Were them and the same before the Carson Wentz is on the field. Yeah. It's a wrap. If he just um, pulls
0: up somewhere in that Aston Martin y'all thought was rented, like it's over. Like Meek just took over.
1: Here's all right. I'm gonna give you two names. One, Nelly, that "Here Comes the Boom" song, that gets me ready every single time. I don't know. I did not uh, think that Nelly every, was gonna be the man, first. man. <laughs> that "Here Comes the Boom." I'm like, dude. And then the second person. I mean, I've never heard a football song from him or them, but at the same time, I'm a huge fan. I think they could pull it off, like Adam Levine, La- uh, Adam Levine, Room Five. I felt like they could. They could probably do something in. Well they were Make rumored it, yeah. to do
0: the halftime show, I think, really? two
1: years ago or three years ago and uh I mean that dude's making enough paper right
2: now. He listen, doesn't gotta I, I like have to. I like him. No, listen. You wanna go if you wanna go local, why not the roots?
1: Oh yeah, let me yeah go. listen. You can't listen. miss with the roots.
2: Black thaw can spit. And man, he gets me excited. Like he did the NBA Finals song champion, that gets me that gets me pumped up whenever I go to like play football or basketball. I just play that music, I get pumped up.
0: I'm so fascinated by the roots because I feel like any day they have to at any given moment they have to learn a song or especially they'll be like on Jimmy Fallon Jimmy will say something and all of a sudden they'll just start yeah. playing a song and it's like how like you guys knew a Tom Jones song from yeah. like nineteen seventy, 1970s break out and like it's not unusual and I'm yeah. like that's dope like yes. these guys are terrific
1: now here's the thing that got me extremely excited for football when Ray Lewis came out and did the it Super was Bowl Hyde. dance yeah. Oh man! I was like, now nah, football is back. And didn't
0: even walk to the Bears; just yeah. walk right down to the Ravens. It was was like, what's
1: up? Knock somebody
0: oh, out. Knock great. somebody out. I still uh, can't
2: get. I still can't get used to Brian Urlacher having hair. I know, right? It's, he looked like ten years younger. <laughs> he, than did. When he retired. he really, no,
1: really does He really does. He looks like he's like trying to audition for GQ or
0: something. Still go out there and hit somebody. Okay, so Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. With your first impressions of the game, obviously. You know, it it was a preseason game, yeah. so you get a, a very limited thing. But uh, what what was your first thoughts watching the game?
2: Well, first off, I didn't know that Chase Daniels and Cody Parker were on the Chicago Bears. That was really my right, first. Right, right,
0: right. Cody Parker, who was the kicker before he got hurt uh, in Philly when Jake Elliott took over, and then obviously took them on a pretty magical run. So
2: yeah, and um, I think the biggest thing that occurred to me, like. All night was um, like those hits, like those contact, like those helmet the helmet hits that they keep calling those 15-yard penalties. I feel like this one hit in the third, fourth quarter with number 39 for Baltimore. I don't think that should have been called, but they said um, if he leads with his face mask, that's legal. But any like crowning with the head, that's like 15 yards.
0: Right, and it seems like they're they're looking for for that. If you're leading with the crown of your helmet, and also basically I would call it second-player syndrome. If a guy's held up and you're coming in to clean up the hit, which I mean, we could obviously have conversations all day long about how they're trying to protect players, and I get that. Especially, you know, guys going over the middle, it's a bang-bang play, stuff like that, I get. But, like, it, I'll, I'll just say it. At some point, you have to you have to let these dudes play football. And at some point, these dudes have to understand that the risk they're taking playing football. But, Avery, I'll go to you. What are you, what are you taking away from the game last night?
1: Uh, just to kind of, you know, uh, touch on that real quick. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I actually was having a conversation with a homie of mine that I was um, watching the game with. I think that this rule really is more in place for the future of football. Like, I don't think they're really they, – I don't think they are, are too worried about the current players because, you know, all, all the reports are saying that, you know, youth football numbers are down and everything like that. They're trying to bring it back up. They're trying to make the game safer. So I think this is more so a move for the future of football because if you implement this rule at the, the top level, it will trickle down to the lower levels, and then it forces those coaches to teach – those children, you know, at a young age. So by the time they get to the league and everything like that, they already know how to, uh, I guess, you know, tackle and hit and adjust the way that the NFL um, deems safe. But as far as takeaways, man, um, I really (laughs) was – I wanted to see Mitchell Trubisky, man. I really wanted to see him play. Here's a hot take for you. Um, I think Mitchell Trubisky has the potential to be the next Drew Brees. Like, I think he's that good. I I think highly of the guy – um, so I really wanted to see how how he played, um, but other than that, I mean, I think I think the game overall was, you know, what you could ask for. Like you said, for a Hall of Fame game, is kind of like, uh, but uh, it was fun. It's the f- the fact that football is back. I'm I'm excited.
0: I uh, I think that's a very hot take on Mitchell Trubisky. Now, I, don't get me wrong. I think that he certainly could be a viable player in this league. But when you're talking Drew Brees, I mean, you're mm-hmm. talking about like. MVP can't – I mean, Drew Brees has thrown for over 5,000 mm-hmm. yards. Like, he gets up out of bed and just does it. Mm-hmm. And you think that that's, that's
1: a situation you can see from Mitchell Trubisky? For sure. And here's the reason why, right? Um, in the sample size that I got from from last year, one thing I saw was consistency. And that's the one – like, you can't say you're not going to get consistency from Drew Brees. You know every, week in, week out, Drew Brees is going to come out and perform. And I saw that from Mitchell. Um, obviously, he was a rookie. He was young and everything like that but i think that he is you know transitioning into the position well and then his accuracy i think that bodes well for a quarterback that like to me that's one of the one of if not the biggest attribute for a quarterback is, is are you accurate can you get the ball there um on time and in the right position um so he can do that he's very very accurate and i think that's what kind of plays into my mindset is thinking like the next rebreats because, like you know, I played receiver. That's one thing that is so undervalued when you don't have to essentially work to get the football. It's there on time, in your mid every single time. That is just, I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. And receivers can put numbers up. The quarterback can put numbers up. Um, and it takes, pre- it, honestly, it takes pressure off of the running backs and the linemen because it's like we know he's going to get the ball there. We know it's going to be accurate. We know that, and he's not going to turn it over too much. So, I don't know. I just, like I said, I just see tendencies that make me think he could be the next
0: i am I'm, 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 I can't argue because it's so early in his career. But Drew Brees, I mean, we're talking about a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, Chris, sure. I'm, I'm kind of reading your face as we're going through this. <laughs> Let me ask you this. And uh, maybe we won't even say five years. In seven or eight years, could you see Mitchell Trubisky being an MVP-type candidate?
2: The NFL right now, I think they're really in a good place with a lot of good young quarterbacks. you got to think Carson Wentz. you got to think Deshaun Watson. I am I have a lot of hope for Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. I think they're going to be the two best quarterbacks from their class. Josh Rosen, to me, looks pretty steady as well. I don't know. I just haven't seen enough of Mitchell Trubisky. Um He has the ideal size. He's athletic enough to escape the pocket and make some plays on his own. We saw that last year. I just haven't seen enough from him. It's hard for me to really gauge tape on what he could do on an NFL level because John Fox was his coach last year, and they, play, they handled him with kid gloves last year, and also that wide receiver core kept dropping passes. And
1: and that's why, like I said, I think that – so the thing I, – I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I saw like a, a turning of the tide toward maybe the last two games of the season with him where he, he gained that confidence where, where he was like, you know what, I'm here – I'm the guy, I'm doing it. And it, for me, that is a huge part in to uh, uh a quarterback's success is their confidence level. And for me, I feel like, you know I, I feel like he just you know, he, he gained that confidence and he's like, you know what, yeah, it's uh it's my time. And I think with that he's gonna let it go a little bit more, he's gonna be more fluid, he's gonna he's gonna have a more uh, a better grasp on the offense. So I just, you know. Yeah. And then the division and it's just me. I feel like, you know, because they have to have a quarterback that's going to come after Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. And Kirk Cousins. And, and Kirk is good. Kirk is good. I just don't know. I feel like the well, ceiling I guess, is higher.
0: Uh, I, guess you know to, I guess to maybe no, I, I, I what I Chris's point he's saying is maybe in five years, Kirk Cousins isn't, you know, Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. is okay. yeah. going to be aging himself out of the league where Mitchell Trubisky will be hitting his mm-hmm. prime. Look, I, my first reaction is, Whoa. My second reaction to that is, you know, I think he can be a good quarterback. The sample size has been really small, but I mean, Drew Brees has been just taking people's grass with him in every single game, covering yardage. And the thing
2: about Drew Brees is that he didn't really take off until Until after after he left seven years, yeah. And like he found his ideal head coach in Sean Payton, and then the rest is history. Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl MVP, multiple NFC South divisional titles. Um, multiple records broken. I gotta see um, what Trubisky does with uh, with Nagy as his coach because I think then I'll be we'll be able to gauge the kind of offense that not only that he wants to run, but the offense that he said he's comfortable in getting this all entire off season.
0: Yeah. So I'm not I'm not gonna say I can disagree with maybe how lofty the goal is, but I th- I certainly think we can all agree that if Mitchell Trubisky is a really good player in five or ten years, that it's not gonna shock us all just drew Brees is. i mean that guy could, if he said today he was going to be done he's he's wearing a gold jacket tomorrow sure. <laughs> um so uh, we were we were talking about the game first takeaway is you know i had kind of mentioned uh, uh, uh getting started that you're kind of like it doesn't take long for you to get into the game before you're kind of like oh okay all right like i'm happy it's back but i mean it's sloppy i, I we were we were talking before the podcast started that uh, the Bears got the ball first. Their starting offensive line was, I, I can't remember. I, I want to say their starting left tackle was Wisconsin or Nebraska or something like that. So, you know, big time, you know, Division mm-hmm. One college program. Yeah. It went Kutztown, California PA, James Madison, and Old Dominion were the five starters along the offensive PCX line. DSAC, shout so, out. There you go. So, mm-hmm. and, and again, like, I, I, you know, I was a one AA football player, so I, I will defend that these dudes can hang all day long. But if you put five guys up there, very young guys, all brand new to the game, first NFL start, I think you got a lot of what you were expecting last night. A lot of quarterbacks with pressure in their lap. It was so interesting to hear some of the takes that people had on Lamar Jackson last night when reality is like, he didn't have the ideal circumstances to show you the technical things that you want to see in a quarterback on every play. Mm, And that's to be expected. I mean, RG three who, you know, what is he? We don't know. We showed some nice signs last night, but even he is, is running around trying to get out of the pocket, do what he can, because I mean, the reality is, I think we can all agree that defensively you can just say, all right, let's get downhill and see who can hit somebody and react to zone coverage and be in the right spot and versus an offense where you're probably sitting there and actually you're actually trying to implement, a little bit more. Defense can play sure. can play a, 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 a very vanilla Free. defense where an offense you're I saw really a lot of man coverage
2: be, last night, and um, I saw Lamar Jackson take advantage of that a little bit.
0: Well, even that Hayden Hurst touchdown. Yeah. I mean, you could tell yeah. look, whoever was playing linebacker for the Bears. Like, I, I don't know if he was in. Right. I couldn't even tell you if he was in man coverage because my first reaction was, if you're in zone. I mean, your tight end ran ran an option route. Like it was, and it wasn't even like a close option route. Yeah. It wasn't like he got to your numbers <laughs> and tried to decide which way you were going to go and try to make his own assessment. He literally ran up five yards, went out, and caught it for a touchdown. Yeah. So uh, you're going to see a lot of that. It's a preseason. That's what's gonna takeaway, going to happen. My biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaway from last night is Chase Daniel has been in this league for <laughs> eight seasons and gotten paid. This man has gotten paid, and when they showed his stats, and, and you got to think about it, like, like, I mean, he went to he went to the Eagles and got paid, like you know, has has been a journeyman quarterback. I'm sure a great like <laughs> Avery can't even open his eyes. I'm sure a great like a, like a coach in the film room kind of player, like can, can sit there. But this dude, if you would have asked me, just not knowing the stats, and you gave me four options, and it was career stats, Chase Daniel. You know, ten touchdowns, ten picks, eight touchdowns, eight picks, five touchdowns, five picks, one touchdown, one pick. Probably, probably, I would have gone, okay, he's been in the league like eight years now. Like he he, you you figure maybe maybe one game a year, break that down. I'll go, all right. Yeah, they're probably putting this up here because it's a shocking answer. It's probably five and five. One touchdown and one interception for this (laughs) dude in his life. In his life, and he's still in the league and getting
2: Paid. Then he has seventy-eight like career like attempt throws. Yes. Yes. No comment. Like, but just
0: <laughs> like for real though, isn't that the del- like? Because because everybody wants to say like Sam Bradford like stole money, but reality is like you feel a certain type of way for Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford he's had some pretty catastrophic injuries, but when mm-hmm. he's played, I mean he up until last year. Now granted, it's not like he's throwing for five thousand yards like Drew Brees was when he broke the record last year for completion percentage in a season, but Sam certainly has, when healthy, shown that he could be a viable quarterback sure, yeah. in the NFL. I'm not
2: the biggest Bradford fan, but I agree with that. <laughs>
0: but,
1: dog, like Chase Daniel. Listen, man, I was, <laughs> I was watching this guy, and I'm like, how is he on the roster? Like, I'm not even talking about us just a backup. It's it's got to be that situation where you say like he's just a great locker room guy, great film guy. Now here's a guy. I mean, <laughs> I'm t- <laughs> this the second picky through. threw. To the linebacker? Oh, I'm like, really?
0: Which, again, but again, again, it's it's preseason. So it could have been a situation where... uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It could have been a situation where... Somebody ended up in the wrong. So I'm trying to have a straight face and give you some <laughs> s- sort of rebuttal to this, but for Bears fans' listen, sake, please I mean, let got, Mitchell be healthy. He's been one of <laughs> the, the highest-paid backups. Now, granted, I mean, you back up Drew Brees forever, who's uh, practically, aside from that shoulder injury, which happened at the end of the season, is an Iron Man. So, mm. uh the vast majority of his career, he's been he's been backing up dudes that have been healthy and playing and all that stuff, but. Man, if there's one dude you got to beat, you want to tell me to go out there and play five drives in the preseason and then not a the rest of the down the rest of the year and like,
2: oh, we'll pay you seven million, we'll pay you nine million, like, dog, yeah, I'll pay up. A, I'm pretty, but I'm pretty I'll sure be. he plays finesse every single time he signs on to a new team.
0: Like just slide, he just like slides in people's DMs, like need a backup, and they're like, yeah, all right, we'll <laughs> give him some money, like whatever. Uh, well, uh, one dude that could be uh, maybe checking out some new teams and certainly wants to get his money is Earl Thomas. Uh, who this week said, extend me or trade me. So uh, Earl is one of the highest paid safeties in the league, and rightfully so. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Still putting up big-time stats. I was looking. I think he's only missed, I think, five regular season games in his entire NFL career since 2010. So durability is there. Obviously, probably has played through some injuries. I guess what I want to ask you guys is – most executives in the league seem to think that he's going to be traded at some point. So I I guess there's been rumors floated out there that the Cowboys threw out a second round pick, or they threw out a third round pick and the Seahawks turned it down, whatever, whatever. Obviously as time goes on, I think that makes the Seahawks want to show their hand a little bit more. Uh, So I guess what I would say is what is a fair trade offer and who is this, Who is a team that you think could really – I mean, I think every team could, could use a guy of his talent, but uh, who is a team that seems like the best fit and could get the most out of him, Chris, I'll go ahead and start with you.
2: Well, you're talking about, in my opinion, probably the best safety in all of football. There's nothing really that Earl Thomas can't do on the field. He can play in the box if he needs to. He can go back in coverage. He can lay down the wood and hit somebody. He can even be a ball hawk. If I was a GM, I think a fair offer would probably be a, a second and probably like a third-round pick next year. I think that's a decent, fair deal, especially considering – how old is he, like 29, 30? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's been in the league. I, I always refer to Brandon Graham as the guy we took over Earl Thomas for the longest time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Still a little bitter about that, even though Brandon Graham's now a Super Bowl champ. But um, I think the team that could probably benefit the most from him right now – Jonathan Cripton just got injured towards ACL from Tennessee. I think the Titans should take a flyer out on him. I think what Tennessee is trying to do with Mike Vrabel in his first year, they got Malcolm Butler. Um, they, they they got a lot of pieces. They drafted Richard Heavens, Harold Landry from Boston College. They're trying to revamp that defense. And I think bringing in a Super Bowl caliber um, player, probably one of the best players and defensive players in all in the league, I think that changes the culture in the locker room and what Tennessee wants to do.
1: Um, so I'm a man and I admit when I'm wrong or uh misguided in things. So two weeks ago we ended this uh we ended our podcast talking about Le'Veon Bell and whether or not, you know, we would trade uh Le'Veon Bell in a third round pick for Earl Thomas. And I believe Crockett was the one who said, Mark my words, I just dance circles around you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very and um, I I have to agree. Um, I, I'm looking back and I'm looking you know at the landscape of the team and I'm like you know what he's kind of right you know and like I said I, I you know I shout out Ryan at that time as well you know you you don't overpay for running backs so I could see the Steelers you know giving up Le'Veon in the third round pick for Earl Thomas and essentially yes that would be a, an excellent trade so I, I would say. I mean, for me we have three teams. I actually agree. Tennessee, uh, the Steelers and the Packers for me. Um, I feel like, you know, the Packers with their secondary have have had issues for a, a while now, for a couple of years. I mean, you know, as a Falcons fan, like we play them and it's kinda like it's almost a stat game for Julio and the rest of the because it's like they know they're gonna get off on these guys. It's, it's it's pretty bad. I don't know if we just have their number or or what, but their secondary is, 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 is kinda weak. But you get somebody like a um, Earl Thomas, who's back there with with Ha Ha Clinton Dix, that to me, I mean, you're you're very very skeptical to throw on those guys. So so I think I think the Packers, uh, and then like I said to to Chris's point, Tennessee for all the same reasons that he said, and then um, Pittsburgh for the same reasons as the Packers. Their secondary is lit, it's, it's the weak link of their team right now. Um, so I think if you you can you know solidify the back end of the defense, uh, especially with Shazier you know being out. I think at least you take some pressure off those linebackers in the front seven to be able to say, you know, we can it's not as much as they have to do to make up for the loss of Shazier. So
0: I think maybe one of the reasons why he hasn't moved yet is if you're looking at the free agent market, there's certainly a serviceable to better than serviceable safety still out there. So you mentioned Jonathan Cyprien's injury, and man, our torn ACL's already just yeah. running rampant in the NFL mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. And it seems like every time anytime a tweet comes out that a guy's got uh, went down and is on a cart it, you, you just it, i don't know what it is about training camp but you automatically assume like this isn't like a sprained ankle like right. he's and that's an unfortunate set of circumstances but already the titans have either had in or planned to have in kenny vaccaro mike mitchell ladarius webb and mike vrabel even said that eric reed could be brought in Ooh. at some point as well mm. who was the guy that uh, certainly to this point, I think, uh, I think of those, uh, and, and not, not that those other guys mentioned are slouches, uh, but certainly Eric Reed is the guy that's out there that you could pluck right off the street, sign in, and not have to oh, make a yeah. trade for. So that's oh, yeah. the first thing I would say is maybe holding back an Earl Thomas trade because I think if teams find themselves really in a pinch, right. to your point, even if it is a Pittsburgh team, like you, you, you don't have to give up anything to go out and get yourself certainly a serviceable safety. Uh, again, they're not Earl Thomas. Uh, I think we would all agree if we had to pick one guy from that list and you include Earl Thomas, that Earl Thomas is probably the guy that we're going to take. But with that said, uh, you know, I think there is a window right now. We've talked multiple times in this podcast about the AFC West, and I think that there is a window right now for, for any one of those teams to really kick the door through, and we all keep coming back to the Chargers. And can you imagine a secondary that is anchored by Earl Thomas and has Derwin James, who I think we all agreed was the one guy who slipped in the first round? That that, that I I I I think he and Minka Fitzpatrick, we both thought, or, mm-hmm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, both thought definitely were top ten
2: picks. Yeah, I thought I thought Minka was going to go top ten.
0: Yeah, so Minka goes 11. Derwin James, I think it was 17 to the Chargers. Yes. I mean talk about making a statement. One of the big things Philip Rivers has had to deal with in his entire career is just waiting for any sort of I mean Sean Merriman's been there but like waiting for like a consistent defense. You now have a front four, a defensive line that's absolutely just full of monsters. You've got a great secondary, but you just had another another injury in the secondary, a torn ACL. But if you bring in a guy like Earl Thomas, like all of a sudden I think you go from arguably the favorite team in the AFC West, to all of a sudden you are the team to beat in the AFC West. And I think... One, if you can get them long term, obviously one of the big sells you could have is you've got a brand new big old stadium opening in 2020. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers is certainly on the other side of his career and has like 10 kids, so I'm sure <laughs> it, even if he's not admitting it, he he at some point is considering retirement. But if all of a sudden, if I'm if I'm the brass with the Chargers, I'm going to him and I'm saying, look, dude, like we're we've got a we've got a window of opportunity right now that 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 we might not be able to pass up in an AFC. Right now, where...
2: And it's Los Angeles, man.
0: That AFC, I mean, obviously, the Patriots are there. After the Patriots, I mean, you could say the Steelers, probably just based on the teams in their division, they, they probably got the, the easiest divisional route. The, the AFC South, you could literally make a case for any of those teams winning the AFC South and then you've got the west again another division where you can kind of make any any pick for any of those teams to win but who's the best quarterback in that division? Philip Rivers. It's Philip Rivers. And you could probably argue who is the best receiver in that division. You could argue when healthy it's Keenan Allen, although the, you know the Chiefs have their players, you know, Amari Cooper's in that division, you know, but if I'm the Chargers and the the price is right, uh, I think if you bring in a player like Earl Thomas all of a sudden you go from hey, these guys could be good to these guys might be playing in February.
1: If I'm going to be honest, if, if the Chargers were to get Earl Thomas, they'd be my Super Bowl favorite from the AFC over the Patriots, over the Steelers.
0: So then I'll, I'll come back to this, though, then. So if you are, all things considered, we are already into the preseason. We are obviously just a few weeks away from kickoff. The safety position is, especially the way Earl Thomas plays it. Probably a defense he's going to have to get in, learn, understand because obviously the communication at that position is important. Realistically, you said a second round pick this year and a third round pick next year, yes. right, Chris? Would you agree with that? Would you think more? Would you think less, Avery? What do you think?
1: I know I would agree with that, second and third. I would say maybe, maybe like another another player, um, depending on you know, the need, possibly, but I it just it 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 couldn't be like a, a marquee or a vital player. It wouldn't be like a you know, a Keenan Allen or a, you know, but um something where like let's say they saw somebody on the roster where they're like in our system he'd be better. Um then I could see that. But yeah, second, third. I mean I don't know how much I love giving up two picks for an
0: unhappy player that is clearly gonna want out for of a ring? situation but my point to, to you is if if i'm if i'm looking at myself in the mirror and i'm the los angeles chargers i'm saying to myself my pick's probably going to be in the first round somewhere between 26 and 32. if we could just have a deal where i'm getting earl thomas for the 26th, 28th 30th hopefully the 32nd pick in the draft and have an anchor on my defense i mean joey bosa you know, we're we're talking about – Melvin he, Ingram. He, like, literally, you are mm-hmm. you are literally locking in a defense that is legit. So, I would say – now, obviously, a second, third-round pick, de- depending on who you ask, the value is two picks compared to one, but the one's higher. But, I mean, if I'm really trying to talk to myself and I'm the Chargers, I'm saying, look, let me swing you a one. Oh, Earl, I, w- for, I would do that too. For Earl Thomas. I'm and, saying if
1: they would accept the second and the third, then – yeah pull the trigger but if if it doesn't come to that and they're like well we want to win I'm I'm pulling the trigger on that as well cuz I just like think said, I just the window the yeah. window
2: is 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 with just,
1: with earl it gets bigger but it's still small in the sense that you know yeah, Philip is getting I older I want to go
2: back to Avery's point about those first round picks I think the Packers is then, in my opinion, like a favorite to do that because they got a first-round pick from the Saints this year because the Saints traded up to get Marcus Davenport. So they have a lot more in the collateral. Even if you give up a second and a third, they still have two first-round picks in that first round. So I think the Packers, if that deal's on the table, they have to give up a first. They still got, all their, they still got a first, a second, and a third. I think the best teams in the NFL –
0: the most consistent teams in the NFL, when you're talking the Patriots, when you're talking the Steelers, when you're talking the teams that are always kind of there, they are those teams that, that, that are supposed to be picking somewhere between 20 and 32 and turn those picks into either players or more picks down the road or just continue to build and build and build. And to me, I don't think Seattle is as incredibly motivated. I I, I, think, they, I think they're stuck. I think they know they're either going to have a, a all-pro caliber player sit out or they're going to have to accept an offer. Um, I think just knowing how things have always gone in Seattle, they'll be like, fine, dude, chill out. But I think if you were to come to the door and say, look, enough of this small talk. I know you've heard twos. I know you've heard threes. We'll give you a number one to bring him over here. And I think we could all agree in what is probably a wide-open – AFC, I mean, look, Jacksonville had – they're one quarter away from – Going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville was one uh, – with mm-hmm. Blake Bortles at quarterback. Yes. If I could sit down with Philip Rivers and say, look, man, w- we want you to stick around. We want you to go for it. We're going to go ahead and make this trade. I, I think it's a
1: no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. If sure. you are a Los now, Angeles. Now, you brought up a team. You said the Patriots. If the Patriots end up landing Earl Thomas, because that's never out of the question because they're freaking Patriots – but if they end up losing Earl Thomas, I might punch a cat.
0: <laughs> I'd like to speak for behalf of the uh, Aired Out podcast and the Inside the Hashes team to say that we do not condone the punching <laughs> of cats. Or any uh,
2: abusive animals.
0: Yeah, yeah. We are, about, uh, we are all about love and high fives and hugs around here. Uh, but on that note. A stuffed cat. Stuff, stuff. There we go. <laughs> Some somebody out there listening loves stuffed animals, and you just tick them off too. But that is gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, it is the Hair Out Podcast brought to you by inside the hashes find us on all your social media we're always tweeting out good stuff keeping you up to date with the nfl and college don't forget uh we have got our selection show we are doing a big fantasy draft selection show is happening august 19th so that's just around the corner there's going to be a ton of trash talking in that our actual draft is going to be on september 2nd so you're definitely going to want to check that out as well uh for christopher thomas avery collins and tyler brando gentlemen it is always a pleasure the football is officially in the air hall of fame game in the books you guys have a great week Weekend and we will catch up with you next week.